This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. A lot of people who have painful emotions just disconnect. And if you're disconnected from the emotion, you can't feel the bad subconscious program. I guarantee you, it's still messing you up. Trust me. You know who's disconnected from their emotions? Psychopaths and sociopaths. Now, sociopaths mm-hmm. feel anger full force, but all the other emotions are muted or they can't even feel them, which is why they have no compassion or empathy because they disconnect from everything. And then psychopaths, there's genetic component, but even psychopaths are not psychopaths without severe childhood abuse. So when stuff is so painful, one way to cope is stop feeling You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications, drop a comment. Any comment will do. Your favorite emoji. All that kind of stuff builds us, uh, uh, boosts us in the algorithm. I say this every week. You guys should know this by now. If you guys are watching during the during the uh, premiere, during the live premiere on Monday morning, sound off in the live chat. I'm usually in there while I'm editing videos and stuff like that. I'm actually back from England this week, so I probably will be in the chat. I, I, I happened to be in the chat uh, on Wednesday of last week when I was supposed to be traveling. So it was a pre-record, but I was in the chat anyway. It was a good time. Uh, let's see here. Oh, if you guys are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, I haven't asked this in a while, but if you guys are listening on Apple, give us a five-star review and actually write out, take a minute, just write a sentence or so about why you like the show. Uh, periodically I go in there and if I see a new one, I'll, I'll share it on an upcoming episode. So please do that. That boosts us in the algorithm as well. If you guys are listening on Spotify, give us a five-star review. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. You guys can send super chats during these pre-records. If I do see those, uh, I get a notification on the back end. So if I see those, I'll take a screenshot and share it on social media. So a lot of people like to send super chats because they want to be recognized, you know, in in front of the larger audience. And uh, it's hard to do that with a, a pre-record because I can't just bring it up on the screen, but I will share it on social media. So don't you fret about that. Check out my email list. Uh, I'm giving away a free PDF with 20 dating app openers that are guaranteed to capture a woman's attention in the first uh, seven words. Uh, so a lot of guys are, are actually getting a lot of value out of that right now. Um, so check that out. Then I'll also mail you some free stickers as well. If you guys like these designs, they're available as merch. You know hats, hoodies, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff at merch.comeonmanpod.com. Check out my practical law of attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. I will play a commercial for that uh, right after I talk about my guest today. Get on the beer club, beer.comeonmanpod.com. The next meetup is on the on September 28th. So get on that right now. It's only 10 bucks a month. It's a good group of guys. It's a great outlet. Uh, the last like three we've had have been really fun. You know, I think the last one lasted like an hour and a half, two hours or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it was a good time. You know, it's, it's nothing, nothing heavy. It's just guys getting together, having drinks, talking about guy stuff. You know, uh, a lot of guys don't have that kind of outlet. 
If you guys want any kind of coaching, you can get coaching at gumroad.comeonmanpod.com. I have two tiers available there. And then if you just have a question that can be answered in a video, you can actually do that as well. There's an option at gumroad.comeonmanpod.com to sponsor a video. I've been putting those out quite a bit lately. All right, let's talk about my guest today, guys. My guest, try to get through that quickly today. <laughs> my guest this week is Ryan Fowler. He's a hypnotist, a mindset coach. He, he's really big on inner game, right? And um, he's, a, he's a fascinating guy. He, he does, he does uh, work with, with John MLD. Um, you know, I think the last, the first time I heard of him was through MLD's Masculine Empowerment Network. Um, he has his own YouTube channel called Inner Masculine, right? Um, but yeah, no, just Ryan's just a good dude, all around good dude. And a, a lot of guys just, they, they find they, they don't realize this, but one of the reasons why they're not having success in certain areas of their life or even all areas of their life is because of their paradigm is because of deep rooted subconscious trauma, usually from their childhood that's holding them back. Like they might even actually know something to be true, right? They might know that, Hey, it's possible to, to be a multimillionaire. You see rags to riches stories all the time, but for whatever reason, something in them is telling them that they can't do it. Whatever reason they're there, like it works for other people, but not them. Right. So they might consciously know it's true, but their, their subconscious mind is holding them back. Ryan has methods. Uh, one of them being hypnosis that can help guys reprogram that. Right. And oftentimes some of that's, uh, you know, he can, he says that he can do that in one session. So Ryan's a good dude. We talk about his coaching. We also talk about his, his courses today, all around good guy. If you guys find that, uh, you're just not getting the results you want out of life, check out this episode, check out this episode. This, this helps in all areas of your life. Not, not just with women, not just with business, but could help with all areas of your life. I will bring you that right after these words. Are you struggling to find a good quality woman? They are very rare indeed these days. If you spend any time at all watching content in the men's podcast space, or you spend time on dating apps or going out to clubs, you're seeing low quality promiscuous women. You're finding women with daddy issues and personality disorders or a myriad of other red flags, and you are frustrated. I get it, brother, but what if I were to tell you that the reason why you're only seeing these types of women is because of your mindset, because of your paradigm. We get what we focus on in life, and you have trained your mind to focus on the type of women that you don't want. So those are the types of women that keep showing up for you again and again. Let's change that mindset today. If you're a guy looking to attract high quality, submissive women into your life, then I've got the perfect solution for you. And let me tell you, brother, it's all about mindset. That's right. You've got to reprogram your thinking to focus on the type of women you do want. That's where my practical law of attraction course comes in. It's packed with proven psychology based techniques that will help you manifest your dream woman. Trust me. You won't find this stuff anywhere else. Explained in such a simple, easy to use way. And let me tell you, when you start using these methods, you'll be amazed at how quickly things start changing for you. Picture this, you're out on the town, feeling confident and magnetic. All the women are drawn to you like moth to a flame. And best of all, you're attracting the type of women that are submissive and high quality. It's not that they weren't there before, it's that you weren't aware of them before. My course will teach you how to be more hyper aware of the kind of women that you actually want. It will teach you to believe that you're the most attractive man around. 
And when you believe it, you'll carry yourself that way. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for my course today. Visit loa.comeonmanpod.com. That's loa.comeonmanpod.com. Start living the life you've always dreamed of. Don't miss out on this opportunity to up your game and find the woman of your dreams. The law of attraction is nothing without action. So what are you waiting for? Act now. All right, joining me on the podcast is a master of what many in the space call inner game. In fact, his YouTube channel is similarly called Inner Masculine. It's Ryan Ryan Fowler, sorry about that, a hypnotist and mindset coach who recently did some work with John MLD and his Masculine Empowerment Network program. That's where I first heard of him. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, how you doing, Paul? Good to be here. I'm doing good. So I'm in Costa Rica. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that message. You, you, did you, do you, did you move there permanently? Um, I'm here for six months. I came from Mexico back to Mexico in January. Okay, were you, were you living in Mexico? Yeah, yeah, I was in Mexico City, Texas before that. But I um I can work from anywhere in the world, so why not have some adventures? So. Probably yeah. going to stay in Mexico most of the year, except for occasional travels to a few other countries. Yeah. Do you speak Spanish? Hablo español, pero estoy aprendiendo. Hablo un poco. Okay. Pero... I don't. <laughs> I, speak, I speak a little. I'm learning. I'm getting better. I'm probably yeah. 20% of the way to fluent, so 80% more to go. It's all good. I think that's helpful if guys want to expatriate and you know live in other countries you know google translate baby that's google it'll translate. get you around man I, I we'll get into what we're going to talk about today but i was yeah, in the yeah. navy i was in the navy before cell phones before google translate and it was a lot of uh going to other countries it was a lot of like pointing at pictures you know yeah yeah <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out what's what's the word for beer and bathrooms right yeah cerveza like, <laughs> and baño <laughs> El baño publico. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I would, I'm if I, we, we went down to Mexico a couple of times and I would go down and I used to go to Tijuana all the time before I turned 21. Yeah. And I just walk into a place and just look confused and go, Banos? <laughs> yeah. There <laughs> I, had you no, go. I had no idea, but it, it worked. It worked. So, Good times. so tell us a little bit about yourself for people that haven't uh, heard, heard of your, uh, your services. Okay, so, you know, the number one thing I do is hypnosis, but it's not just limited to that. Um, I've been doing it for myself for 11 years, doing it professionally for others for about four and a half. And I'm really consider myself a core mindset coach. And so I do handle, uh, you know, dopamine optimization for maximizing motivation. You know, I handle mindset, mental models, uh, self-talk. All of that, because I really think we need to kind of approach things from all angles. You know, um, your self-talk matters, you know, uh, structuring your day. So you have dopamine release for maximum motivation. It's a it's primarily a motivation neurotransmitter. It matters. It'll make you more more productive, more effective in your work. But the most important thing I do is a very particular, very specialized type of hypnosis where I go in and I fix false core beliefs, false identity beliefs. And I keep, I get people to unconditionally believe in their ability and value, and it changes everything. I, I used to have manic depression, CPTSD, internalized rage, general anxiety disorder. I had a very rough upbringing. I was searching for decades to find something that would fix my pain. When I found it, it worked more massively powerfully than I thought was possible. 
And then when I found out I was actually type hypnosis, because when I found it, it was called something else. Then I found out I could learn it and apply it. And then I started doing it for others and just changing lives all the time. I'm not, it's not a hundred percent, but it's 95% of people come my way. I'm able to permanently improve their lives in as little as one session. What, what was it called? You said it wasn't called hypnosis. What was it called? So the, um, the lady who introduced me to the program, her name is Melanie Tonya Evans. She has something called quanta freedom healing. She doesn't tell you it's hypnosis. Maybe she doesn't even think of it like that, but it really is. And, you know, hypnosis is, it's a pretty, it's an extremely broad term. Hypnosis is kind of like saying I'm painting with oils. You know, it's, that's about how broad it is. You know, mm-hmm. what you're painting and the techniques you use can vary, very wildly, which is why you have some stage hypnotists, you know, making people crack up and do crazy stuff on stage. This is completely different from that. It's just, you're, you're using the same medium. That's about it. Got it. Yeah. 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 I did. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really big, as you know, I'm really big into, you know, affirmation. And I, yeah. I learned, I learned last year I was, I, I had a, I had another hypnotist on the show, uh, Ryan Christensen. I don't know if you yep. know him. He, uh, uh, he did a session with me and became a hypnotist after that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a yeah. good dude. He, he um, powerful it was and he is effective. Yeah. He does. Yeah. And yeah. And so wait, one of the things that he told me was, uh, he's like, well, you know, essentially, uh, affirmations is a form of self hypnosis. And I never even realized that. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's pretty interesting. So many times, yeah, it can get yeah. you in a trance like state. Sure. Um, so I was, I was looking at your, my story on your website. Mm-hmm. And so your upbringing, uh, you said that your mom was a narcissist. Was she diagnosed as a narcissist or is this? Oh, they're, they're never diagnosed, but having lived with her for many, many years, um, she ticks all the boxes off you okay. know the chance of a diet uh, of a narcissist going into a therapist's office and getting diagnosed is very slim because every part of their psyche is about running away from that but mm-hmm. i was di- i was diagnosed with bipolar type 2 depression uh cptsd and a couple other things as a result of being raised in that environment which i've completely cured for and it's been off that for a long long time now yeah yeah. And then you said uh, that your dad was passive, emotionally absent, rage filled and severely codependent. Uh, can you expand a little on what you mean by he was severely codependent? Co- yeah. Code- and this is really an excellent question because there was a um, I'm thinking of two university studies. I don't have the sites. I apologize. But if you Google it, you're going to find out this information. There's one university did a study of its students and found out 90% are at least somewhat codependent, mildly Mm -hmm. or more. There's another university did a study of over 300 students, found out 50% were moderately to severely codependent. So codependency is extremely common. Most of the people watching this show are probably somewhat codependent. It is on a spectrum. And what codependency is, is you don't, to some degree, you don't know how to give yourself the validation, love, and approval you need to truly feel authentic, confident, um, believe in your ability to value. A lot of people, to some degree, don't know how to give themselves enough, and so they look to outside sources, especially other people, to validate them. And if you're looking for other people to give you love and validation to feel good enough, you are dependent on them for that validation. You are codependent. Now, yeah. it's called codependence because codependents typically get in relationships with traumatized people who are also dependent on them as well. 
for and and honestly narcissists are dependent for what's called narcissistic supply which is a type of validation although it can be um it's much more complicated than that but it's a it's a type of validation for them so the narcissist need a codependent the codependent needs a narcissist codependents tend to um match up with alcoholics or addicts or other abusive people and they get in just this very dysfunctional relationship and even though they're miserable together they have a hard time staying apart or when they um, do get out of the relationship they're absolutely devastated and then they get back in another toxic relationship we've all seen these women do this they go after one bad boy he's an a-hole never date a bad boy again and then they get in another abusive relationship and guess what guys do it too guys oh, yeah. who have severe codependency Oh yeah, I was uh I would I would classify myself or at least I thought of myself as being codependent before I got into this stuff cuz I was one of those guys that I like I just couldn't be alone. Mm. You know? And I think that is is that the same thing or is that different? Well, how would you feel when you were alone? Oh, I just I felt miserable. I felt like I have to I have to find somebody. You know, I have to yeah. I have to I, I have to be in a relationship. I was really like really ha have to be in a relationship and and so every emotion has a message tied to it. If you feel miserable, do you remember what that message was? It's I feel miserable because I just I just didn't I don't know. I don't I don't think I uh thought of it too much, okay. but it, it it would really sort of build up a lot of anxiety in me to not have anyone around. You know, like the silence was deafening type thing and Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. but uh I I I I got over that when um i really you know i just had i really changed my mindset about it started getting into the stuff started realizing that i was a nice guy and i was you know nice really guys are super codependent oh yeah, yeah. i was to i was to a total recovering nice guy and realized i just had to enjoy my own company and find other things outside of relationships for myself to do and that that changed the game for me, you know. You, you found other ways to validate yourself besides needing a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that'll help. Great. Yeah. Um. All right. So and then uh, and then it says here that you were you were a teenager and you started playing guitar and hitting the gym, looking good. Women were noticing, but you you felt lonely. Oh yeah. Well, and I see this all the time. You know, I've I have clients who some are multimillionaires and yet they're miserable mm -hmm. and you know the thing is how our subconscious mind works and this was definitely my case before i fixed it i don't how i felt as a teenager i don't feel anything like that now thank goodness because that sucked but um how a subconscious program works is when we're babies and children there we know a little instinct beyond that we know nothing so we're trying to figure out the world we're observing everything around us taking it all in as a baby isn't a child and anytime something notable happens we say this happened, what does it mean? We draw a conclusion, we interpret what it means, we form beliefs. These become subconscious programs. And the most power, some subconscious programs, we just copy stuff, like I'm used to folding my arms this way, not the other way. But the most powerful subconscious programs that affect us the most is it's uh, beliefs tied to feelings. And a lot of people feel not good enough, but they feel they can get what they want. And they say, I know. I'm going to go out, I'm going to get buff and jacked or make a million dollars or become famous, you know, um, get a hair transplant, whatever. And then everyone's going to love me and then I'm going to feel good enough. And it just doesn't work because the belief you're not good enough is a subconscious program that forms in childhood 
and outside circumstances don't change your subconscious. They can temporarily affect it at most. And so this is why you see Kurt Cobain, you know, lead singer of Nirvana. He had, you know, he was a literal rock star, the lead singer of a band that changed a generation, all the women he wanted, all the fame he wanted. He wrote a song, I Hate Myself, Want to Die, and then self-deleted. Mm-hmm. Even though he had everything, he was miserable. He had tons of toxic shame, felt not good enough. So that was me in high school. You know, I got 7 8% body fat, 260-pound bench press, walked around looking like a, you know, Calvin Klein underwear model and just miserable and just super low self-esteem with women, just did terrible with women. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of them gave me positive signs, like even the prom queen was coming on to me because, you know, I worked out really hard. Yeah. I did not have the confidence. So I, I crashed and burned with her so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, which is so funny too, because like you said, a lot of guys are like, oh, "I'm I'm going to go to the gym and then I'll be I'll be attractive to women. I'll I'll I'm just going to work on myself and do this." And it's like, uh, you still have to have the confidence, man. Like you still have to yeah. go out and talk to women. It's not just like, "Oh, you have six pack abs and all of a sudden you're just a chick magnet," you know? Because a it chick helps. might yeah, they might really they might come up but. to you, but if you don't know how to talk talk to them because you know you you feel you know you know, I was uh, scared and ashamed. Yeah. You're just like, you're bashful. You stumble over your words. All of a sudden she's like, Oh, he's not the guy, you know, I that- didn't know I could get a girl like that. So yeah. coincidentally I did not. Yeah. And yeah. they, women are so good at picking up on micro expressions, picking up on your vibe. This is why they shit test, right? Is mm-hmm. this guy puts on a good act. Is he really confident or is he just putting up a front? They'll shit test you to see if they can trigger any insecurities in you. And, you know, even into my forties, I'm 49 now. Before I cleared my trauma related to that, I knew what shit tests were. And even while a girl was shit testing me, even though I knew what they were, I failed them constantly because they would do it. I'd have this insecurity spike and I would just lose my crap and fail the test. And I go to into people pleasing mode, you know, so had to go inside, had to find that pain, that belief as to why I did that. And you can literally go inside and fix this. You can literally find the bad beliefs in you tied to these bad feelings. And in one session, sometimes it takes more with maybe with self-hypnosis, but oftentimes one session it's gone forever. Yeah. 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 You said uh, clear you, uh, which is funny because I, 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 you know, you gave me access to your course. I, 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 you know, I sort of brushed through that uh, to prepare for the interview. And uh, you mentioned that in your videos too. Clearing the trauma. So buy Paul's course too. <laughs> well, my first, his second. <laughs> but, but the thing, the thing about uh, when you say clear, it, it just reminds me of, and I, and um, it, it's clear funny. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's related, but have you ever read the book Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard? I know what it is. I haven't really read it. L. Ron Hubbard, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. So I just got curious, right? Like what's all this, this Scientology stuff about? I'm not a Scientologist. I don't know anything about, I know I've watched videos on how Scientology is a fraud. Uh, That's all I know. I know Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. That's all I know. So, so in Dianetics, Dianetics is what they're supposed to be doing to people and they're Mm. clearing engrams. And Mm. have you ever heard of that engram? No. I, I know what subconscious programs are, and um, it's not just clearing them. Uh, you know, bad subconscious programs are typically beliefs that don't serve as tied to painful feelings. Yeah. And any time something happens, it's a match for the belief, the painful feeling is triggered. So, for example, 
a very, very common painful belief is when I fail, it means I'm a failure. Or mm. when I'm rejected by someone, it means I'm a reject. Well, what happens is anytime you fail, that the painful feeling tied to that belief, because what you did is a match for the belief and you did fail, it gets triggered and you feel like crap. And a yeah. lot of people to avoid feeling like a failure will now start procrastinating or have anxiety about anything they could fail at. Or they have social anxiety because they're like, oh, geez, I'm at a party. If someone here looks at me weird or I say the wrong thing or they reject me or it's uncomfortable, it means I'm a reject. I'm not good enough. And they have anxiety about that. Well, we literally go in. We find this belief in you. We know we connect to it, bring it to the surface by triggering the feeling tied to it. That's how we know you're connected to it. And then we literally in hypnosis, when we get you in this state where you can change that part of your brain by being in this relaxed state. We literally change it and replace it with an optimal belief. So, for example, if someone is afraid of being rejected, we find that we get they're feeling it. That means they're connected to it. Our emotions don't come from nowhere. There's an entire region of our brain called the limbic system that's about emotions. There's an evolutionary reason for that. So these people who say, oh, ignore your feelings. It's like, you know, one third of your brain is about feelings among a yeah. fight or flight, all of that. You know, it's like there's an evolutionary reason for that. Don't, don't you don't ignore your feelings. You master them. Yeah. So if someone has social anxiety and they're afraid of being rejected, we find that connecting to the feeling, meaning they're connected to the program. We use the techniques we use. We get it out of you permanently and we replace it with an optimal belief. And here's an optimal belief. I have massive value just for who I am. If other people can't see my value, it doesn't mean I don't have value. It means they cannot see it. That's their blindness. That's their problem. Mm -hmm. And so literally now you can go from someone I have had, say, approach anxiety, guys afraid of approaching women. I've had multiple guys. I have testimonials on my YouTube channel. I think I have 19 testimonials up there. Watch the Ryan A one because with just with self-hypnosis, I coach him a little and then he listened to my audio. One session, his eight out of 10 approach anxiety permanently went to three out of 10, which about nor that's what it should be. One, two, three out of 10. We have a little instinct about approach anxiety uh, just because in ancient times you approached a girl and it's some, you know, some warrior's girl. He bonks you over the head with a club. So we have a little instinct to be careful, you know, mm -hmm. but you get rid of the pain you put in with the optimal belief and then people just take off and kick ass. And I've had multiple clients double their income. I've had two 10 X their income and nice. I doubled my income within two years without trying. And then I tried and doubled it again. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you look on my Insta and you wonder how I had that nine 11 turbo. That's why <laughs> sold it. I'm in Mexico, Costa Rica now, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, um, so going back to your uh, your teenage days, so you uh, you suffered manic depression in college. Mm -hmm. You were on I meds. Like you, yeah. you were on meds. You went off them. You went to therapy. You said therapy solved probably 60% of depression, but not Just enough. Just the depression, yeah. Anxiety, so want, it didn't touch. Yeah. So what? Are, uh, so I wanted to ask you this. Uh, what are your thoughts on therapists for men? Because there's there's mixed ideas about it in the space, right? So some say they're good, like uh, Dr. Dr. Robert Glover. Mm -hmm. He, mm -hmm. He's he's sort of a big proponent of guys seeking out therapy, but others say, you know, men do better with some form of coaching because therapy is more of, you know, talking through your emotions like like women do. Um, what, what are your what are your thoughts on therapy? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's even men's coaches. Like I'm a big fan of Dr. Orion Teraban. He's a CBT guy, I, I believe based on his website and what he says. And he has a very popular uh, psychax channel and Dr. Robert Glover, I believe is then in, in that camp too. And, um, over 15 years, 60% of my depression get, did get fixed with about 100 CBT sessions. And honestly, probably the first 30 sessions maybe fixed 30%. And then it was real, like a real long slog from there. Um, I think CB techniques are helpful. I think by themselves, they are incomplete because we have three parts to our brain. It's called the triune brain. And they are working on the frontal cortex or neocortex, whatever you want to call it, which is our cognitive thought processes, mental models. That's not where most of our behaviors, that's not what most of our behaviors are influenced by. It's limbic mm -hmm. system and, and subconscious, certain parts of our subconscious. Google it right now. What percent of our behavior is influenced by our subconscious? You'll come up with 90 to 95%, depending on your yeah. Google search. And so what they're doing is they're working not directly on emotions, not directly on other parts of our brain, but just on CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. They're focusing on the behaviors and the cognitive thought processes. Well, that, that is not subconscious. Your cognitive thoughts are fully subconscious and they're trying to influence your subconscious and your behaviors through conscious processes. Now, our brain is completely, everything in our brain is connected. If we have a second brain in our stomach, you can Google that. Our immune system is called the floating brain. Our, our, our gut, uh, second brain in our gut will influence our moods. It's all connected. So you can affect other parts of the brain, like say, for example, with conscious mind, but that's not where most of the trauma is. So it's much more effective to work directly where the trauma is and work on and change. And we know our brain's neuroplastic work on in the most effective way possible where the trauma actually is. Not a place where the trauma isn't. If you can add two plus two and do long division, you know, with a pen and paper, guess what? Your your cognitive mind is fine. So they're trying to influence the sub, you know, limbic system where your emotions, your fight or flight, that's where anxiety comes from. They're trying mm -hmm. to affect that from a different part of the brain. And so it's inherently less effective because of that. I work directly on the limbic and other subconscious processes. Yeah. One, one thing that I, I think people don't quite understand is when you're trying to impact your subconscious, uh, you have something that sort of blocks your, your, your paradigm, right? It protects yeah. it. And it, it's like, it, so you can tell your, 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 you know, you consciously might know something to be true, but you will still act against that because your paradigm says otherwise. Yeah. You know, you're deep and, down from conscious beliefs. And you're like, why do I do this? Why do I procrastinate? Why can't I approach that girl? That girl's not going to bite me. Why is my anxiety so high? Yep. And there's good reasons for it. And by the way, I'm not saying CBT is bad. I think CB, I use some CBT techniques because I believe I'm working on the whole system. Yeah. It's just, it's incomplete by itself. You need these techniques to more effectively work on the other parts of the brain where that are actually substantially more greatly affecting your behavior and your mood and everything else in your cognitive, like nine times greater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so your website says that your breakthrough was with audio recordings designed to help with NPD. What's NP Nar Narcissistic oh, personality. Yeah. Disorder, yeah, that. yeah. That's right. So NPD victims. And, uh, so this was essentially self-hypnosis. And then you said that mm -hmm. you, you sort of, came out of a session and you had a text message 
from your, oh, yeah, from your, from your inner child about. saying like, we need to talk or something like that. Tell us about when that. What, did that blow your mind? That would blow my mind. Like what? Oh yeah. I'm like, what the hell? And, um, so most of the time in hypnosis, you stay awake. But when I was first doing self-hypnosis, the first few sessions, it, you know, it, it does put me in a very relaxed state and I was already tired. So in this one session, I kept on nodding in and out of consciousness because I already kind of tired. And um, I was the only one in the house at the time. And so as I listen to this audio, I fall asleep and then I wake back up and I look over and I had written myself a text on my phone. Like it was still, I hadn't clicked send. I had the message written out and haven't sent the text to myself. Mm. Although it was to my own phone number, which was interesting. I don't know how the hell I did that. And um, the text said, when can we meet? And I'm just like, what did I just do? I must have done this. No one else is here in the house, period. Yeah. And this, uh, this lady who sells this healing program, she has a YouTube channel. She's great. I mean, she takes a female perspective, which... You know, honestly, guys need a male perspective. Uh, you know, just, yeah, women, I mean, she helped me greatly. But women don't, they they may think they know what it's like to be a man. Yeah, they're just fooling themselves. They haven't experienced yeah. it. You really need another guy to get the fullest benefit. Um, and I'm not knocking Melanie at all. She's fantastic. She changed my life. Sure. Uh, but she had this forum. And um, I asked, I went on the forum and said, hey, <laughs> during a session, I listened to audio. I texted myself, when can we meet? What does that mean? And, and some wise, insightful soul um, said, well, that's probably your inner child. And he's probably, probably trying to get you, you know, telling you that. And I thought about it and I'm like, you know, it was the inner child portion of this audio that I dozed off on where I'm supposed to meet my inner child and give him love. And, and the reason we talk about inner child is because when most of our subconscious, 75% of our subconscious beliefs form by age eight. So if you're age six and you form a belief, that belief is still with you from the point of a six-year-old in your subconscious. That's your inner child. It's literally that age when that belief formed. And it's still with you now the same as, as it was back then. And there's a lot of pain tied to these bad, traumatic subconscious beliefs that really cause a lot of anxiety depression whatever hold us back so i was dozing off instead of meeting my inner child and i think it was just like you've been running away you know i i had been running away from my inner child my whole life because i had so much shame about who i was deep down i was taught that who i was at one point i hated myself at one point i loathed myself i said i'm not good enough the real me is this miserable sinful worm that's what i was raised on you know, this, this sinner, this, um, you know, fundamentally, you know, yeah, I have some good parts about me, but always falling short and at my core, fundamentally bad, sinful, not good enough, worthless, etc. So, um, that part of me needed healing. And I, and I, what happens for a lot of people is they have shame in them and they run away from it because it's painful and they don't know how to heal it. So this is the core of all addiction. Uh, John, by the way, no, John Bradshaw, I'm sorry wrote a book, classic book, Healing the Shame That Binds You. He's a, re he's a recovered alcoholic, became a psychologist. And he says, at the core of all addiction is toxic shame. Mm -hmm. And people, it's so painful to go inside and, and face this part of you that you're ashamed of, you think is at your core not. It's the most painful emotion we have, this type of toxic shame. So yeah, I was running away from it, porn, you know, tuning out, porn, video games, whatever. 
tuning out, running away from it. You finally come and meet it. You find out the real you is is not unworthy or bad or sin. When you go inside and look at it, not unworthy, bad or sinful. It's wounded and it needs help. That's what mm. you find. And then you heal it, and then your life changes massively. Yeah, you you mentioned uh in on your website too that you were raised uh from a religious background. What what was very shame based religion? Yeah. Was it like Catholic or or As Mormon? Know? Yeah, you're a Mormon. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you grow up in Utah? I lived in Utah for many years, but I was born in Alaska. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, Utah's just down the way. I'm actually uh, at the time of this recording heading there this weekend. Honestly, so that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah, that. and I and I'm not bashing on Mormonism at all. My mom used religion as a weapon. I so, think it's very common, not just in the Mormon religion, but in a lot of a lot of religions. Yeah. Honestly, hundred yeah. percent. John MLD yeah. with Pentecostal that was used as a weapon against him. Mm. He talked freely about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of guys find their way to the men's self improvement space, um, and they have some seriously deep self limiting beliefs, toxic shame, trauma. inner traumas. Yeah. Uh, do you think this impacts everyone at some level, or do you think it just impacts certain people more than others? It's a bell curve. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is there's a few people at one end of the bell curve. Where's the camera? At one end here, very little trauma, really good inner world, and they're doing great and they feel good. And they don't even necessarily need to be a high performer. They're just happy and content. They may be a high performer. If, if they want to be a high performer, they're going to be a high performer because they got an inner world that allows them to do that. At the other end of this spectrum, it's um, actually – I did a on my YouTube channel a long time ago. We did a live show well, a few months ago about trauma, and they find out about one out of eleven people have so much emotional trauma that it actually cuts their lifespan by about twenty years on mm. below the average. Um, so on the other end, there's people with very severe, very, very, very severe trauma, and then there's everyone in the middle. And if you go right in the middle, you're going to find someone probably uh, likely with you know, um, maybe one or two severe traumas or some or five or six or a dozen moderate traumas. And these are things where the person procrastinates to some degree. They have anxiety. Um, they feel more depressed than they should. They're not depressed all the time. It's not chronic or anything like that. But they are not able to live out their full potential because they have some doubts. They have some limiting beliefs. And it's holding them back. And if you get rid of that and replace it with the best beliefs, even people who are moderately traumatized, they're going to do significantly, substantially better. And I do it all the time for people. Mm. So, I mean, if I think back in, in my life, you know, like my parents weren't, they weren't the best, but I think, you know, they did the best they could. Uh, but I've never looked at my upbringing as traumatic or, you know, or anything like that, though. But do you ever run into people who think nothing is wrong, but you do a session, find out that, that they oh. have some seriously all the time. They're like, I thought my childhood was good, but yeah. then they wonder why they have so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a struggle. And, and to give you a statistic, uh, American, uh, I can't even remember it. It's on, I, I reshot my video that I sent you the nine minute one. It has a stat on there. Um, there's a, there's a big think YouTube, video called why are people unhappy it's in there they found out um 60 of college students 
feel tremendous anxiety at some point each year. And 40% have so much depression, it's difficult to function. Mm. That, that's our average co college student now. So yeah. it's a big problem. Overall, it's a big problem. It's seriously impeding people's ability to be happy, to be productive, to function. It's, and, you know, our subconscious mind, this is neuroscience, it processes a thousand times more per second than, your, than our conscious mind. It's a real supercomputer. So like any supercomputer, it's going to run whatever programs it's told to run. And the reason more people aren't happy and successful is not that they're not capable. We all have this supercomputer. It's running programs running many of us most of us have some viruses our subconscious is running that muck things up hold it back you get rid of those viruses you put the good stuff in now you have this supercomputer a thousand times more powerful than our conscious mind working for us pushing us forward not holding us back yeah um so i downloaded your ebook and you have a chapter on procrastination you've mentioned it a few times already yeah i'm a terrible procrastinator now now you say it's usually because uh it's people trying to avoid subconscious pain and there's other what, stuff too but that's usually the main reason yeah that. usually what it is it's just like i don't want to do i don't like doing certain tasks you know so like yeah. so my day job uh you know i work in it but i'm also like a director right mm -hmm. so i love working on the technical stuff i love getting mm -hmm. in there and working on servers and and you know looking at logs and and fixing problems and making networks work but if i have to sit down and work on a spreadsheet i'm just mm -hmm. like i i'm like god it's just mind-numbingly boring for me so I, I i will i will put that stuff on it'll get done but i'll put it on my calendar i'm like what mm -hmm. what, what what's my day look like tomorrow i'll put it on the calendar for tomorrow <laughs> like i don't want to deal with that but then when i i i, I finally say okay no I, I have to get this done it's on my calendar and i and i force myself to do it it's usually like you know five minutes worth of work and then i wonder why did i put this off i could have just knocked this out while you're doing um, it how bad is it is it is it suck while it's you're not doing bad it? yeah when i get into it uh it's you it's never bad it's never bad it's usually like oh this isn't so bad you know but uh it's it, it, just the thought of doing it i'm like man this is mind-numbingly you want me you to know? run through the possibilities and see what comes up yeah you yeah you um, okay, so the reason we procrastinate, number one, if we're tired, we just don't want to work. And you get mm -hmm. some rest and then you don't procrastinate. Or if you're burned out, people can burn out. Sure. Uh, number two is we literally hate the work. No one wants to dig crap out of a ditch. You know, mm -hmm. that's probably it. <laughs> and, well, and that's why I asked, but I asked you no. while you're doing it, how unpleasant is it really? It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not, not that bad. So that's maybe 10% of why you procrastinate. Okay. Um, now, the other one is our brain has two principles that falls to motivate us towards something or away from something. Number one, just to get out of the way, this is smaller. Our brain motivates us towards a familiar, comfortable, away from unfamiliar, unknown. It's uncomfortable, out of our comfort zone. Mm. When I moved to Me before I moved to Mexico for two weeks, I'd only been to Mexico once before. That was earlier this year, moved to Mexico. I had three out of 10 anxiety for about two weeks. And I'm like, it's because I've only been to Mexico. I hadn't been to Mexico city. I went to another city. So a lot of unknowns, you know, I planned out as best I could. I'm like, Hey, this is just what happens. A few days after a few days, I'm there. No more anxiety. It's cool. Yeah. But here's, here's the one that screws people up because this one's stronger. And this is our, as far as our brain is concerned, this one's tied to survival much more. Our brain stronger pursues pleasure. Strongest of all, Avoid pain, including emotional pain. Emotional pain is tied to surviving within the tribal dynamic. Don't do anything. 
tribe will disapprove of. And it, there's, it extrapolates beyond that. But more or less, emotional pain is literally tied to survival because if, you, if you're disapproved of by the tribe, you lose your mating options. Maybe you did survive, but you didn't reproduce. So your genes aren't in the gene pool today, you know, mm. or you lost, you lost um, resources. The other tribe members don't want to help you out as much. Maybe there's a hunting accident and you accidentally find, accidentally find a spear in the back of your head because the other hunters hate you. And so all this emotional pain actually gets people from doing, you know, if you go to evil psych, gets people from doing things that they think the tribe would disapprove of because that's tied to survival. So now this is where, um, for example, shame, toxic shame, guilt, all of this comes in. If you're in a situation, and again, all our brain sees is this threat and will do this, give us this resistance of one form or another. If you're in a situation where your brain says, listen, I'm in a situation where if things go wrong one way or another, there's some sort of potential for emotional pain here. The physical pain is typically more fear, maybe dread if it's unspecified. So it could come from, um, this is something where if I get it wrong, my boss is going to chew me out. Or maybe you feel like, you know what, if I don't do it, I always feel kind of bad for not doing it and putting it off. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a little lazy for doing that. Either one, either emotional pain, all your brain is going to see is potential for pain, whether you don't do it and feel lazy or you do it and you mess it up and someone criticizing you, then you feel bad. Mm. Uh, if that emotional threat is there, your fight or flight kicks in and this is flight it's resistance dread anxiety procrastination you don't want to do it and a lot of people before they they before they even feel the anxiety they're like i don't want to do it let's play a video game or let's do some other work that's productive and i feel good about that mm. but um so it's up to you whether you want to um say what you think the pain is but there's something along those lines unless you really just hate the work or you're tired every time you're trying to do it yeah yeah. Yeah. What was, so the one was, I'm afraid that I'm going to do a bad job. That's not it. What was the other one? Um, maybe I'm lazy. That's it. I feel, I feel, I feel late. I feel, uh, when I'm, when I'm doing that, I feel totally lazy about it. And then mm. I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll end up doing other work that I'd rather be doing. Yeah. Instead. You call so, that productive so. procrastination. You do productive things and then put off this other thing. Yeah. And 95% of people have procrastination to some degree. I would say 5% of what I do, I have maybe two out of 10 anxiety. But I mean, I used to have anxiety nonstop all the time. So my anxiety yeah. is so ridiculous. There's so many things where I am experiencing experiencing it. And I tell myself, I should feel anxiety now, but I feel normal. I just go kick ass. It's really great. Got but it. I've done, okay. a lot of, done a lot of work on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, so keeping your clients anonymous, of course, what I have is a the tip for you? Yeah. Something that'll help you. Okay. Um, do life gamification. What that is, is our brain. Um, anytime your brain perceives that you are accomplishing something or making progress, your brain releases dopamine, which increases your motivation to keep going and just finish it. Right. So you can give yourself a point system and you can say, listen, um, I have to do this thing. It, you know, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to give myself a hundred points if I do it. And if I do it right now, I get 300 points and it's a five minute task. Right. Um, then once you do it, you could do what's called an evidence-based identity statement. I did this spreadsheet, even though 
is difficult and I don't want to do it. I did it. That means I am a disciplined, hardworking man. I did what I didn't want to do. That means I'm disciplined. Congratulations to me. If you say it out loud or you write it down or you whisper it, you get it in the outside world. Our subconscious mind, it registers with our subconscious mind, which is designed to interpret and observe the outside world and interpret it. And that actually leads to dopamine release that'll get you over the hump. Mm. That could Especially work. For a five minute attack for a five minute task, that will probably work. Unless yeah. unless your anxiety is like six out of ten or higher, it's probably gonna be enough doing that. Yeah, no, yeah, it's no my point. Write it down. I'm definitely not high doing it. Yeah. I just I look at my calendar every day. I live and die by my calendar because I just yeah, have yeah. a terrible, terrible memory. So I look at the calendar and I go, "Do I want to do that today? Do I? You know, does it? When's yeah. the deadline? For this I always ask my boss. When do you want this done by? And yeah, and then I and I know when the deadline is, and I know how much time I can play with. <laughs> Well, and and what you want to understand, it really is this simple. Our brain motivates us towards pleasure. Above all, avoid pain. Yeah. If if you consistently give yourself points, just write it down. I get 100 points. Every time you do that task and you're like, hey, if I do it now and don't procrastinate, I get 300 points, just five minutes. And then once you do it, you say, listen, I did it, even though it's difficult. I did it. That means I'm disciplined. I'm a champion. Congratulations to me. And you're you're pointing that what you did out as evidence that you are that type of person mm. that's going to feel good. So feeling good, it's tied to dopamine. It's, it's our brain's motivation system. And you do that repeatedly and your brain is going to start linking. If I do this, I get pleasure. And you're going to notice that you stop procrastinating. You I might actually look forward to it after yeah. a while. It's almost like, it's almost like uh, we, we can mitigate the pain. You go in, you fix that yeah. program about being lazy fix that no more pain you'll just do it but if you have pleasure too you you'll be more motivated yeah that makes sense it's like uh it's like fake internet points right like why people love social media because they get the they get the likes and they're, they're chasing yeah, those what's likes. That mean? It's, it's the same it's the same thing right people it's, it's bullshit meaning, but you but your brain's like oh i like that look at that he gave me i got i got 20 likes on this post you know same well, there's a, there's a very interesting TED talk. Um, you could type in in YouTube, type in Super Mario Effect TED talk. Mm. And this guy, the first two minutes of this TED talk, it's um, he talks about he has this website. This guy has millions of followers on YouTube. And he, he said, I wanted to prove everyone can code. So he had like um, a, a puzzle where you use computer instructions, computer language instructions, coding or a representation of that to direct a car to correctly get through a maze. And he said, I really didn't care teaching anyone to code, but I gave them at randomly two versions of this test. One version, if you didn't succeed, it said that didn't work, try again. The other version of the test, that didn't work, you lose five of your 200 points, try again, negative five points. That negative five points is negative feedback. It's equivalent to criticism, although it's pretty mild. He, they had 50,000 people do this test, 50,000 data points. Mm-hmm. They found out that the group who was not penalized on average would try 12 times before either succeeding or giving up 68% success rate. The group, these negative five points, it don't mean shit. They don't mean shit. They're, no one's probably even watching them do this on their computer. They only tried five times before giving up. They gave up almost two and a half times quicker with these meaningless negative five points. Mm-hmm. Because your brain perceives it as mattering. Oh, I'm losing, I'm losing, I'm losing. Oh, there's some pain here. Stop. And they do. Ah. That's, giving yourself points works, just like the negative five points make people give up quicker. 
Got it. Okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. We um, work on everything. We work on cognitive, dopamine, subconscious, all of it. Subconscious is by far the most powerful. The other stuff matters too. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so keeping your clients anonymous, what is the most traumatic experience you've cleared for a client? Oh, man. I don't even know where to start. I mean, it's all the time I'm, you know, I mean, I've had people with multiple suicide attempts. I've, I, well, I'll tell you, I can, here's one off the top of my head. Okay. Um, one guy came to me and had borderline personality disorder and I followed up with them. I believe I fixed about half of his BPD in one session. Mm. I, I have another one. There was a girl who, um, she used my self-hypnosis program and I had a friend give it to her and he walked her through my self-hypnosis process. She listened to it one time, cured her anorexia. And then I had lunch with him the next week and she was eating a steak in front of me. She's like, Oh my God, my tummy doesn't hurt. And I almost cried because <laughs> it's this person suffered for years. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Fixed. Turns yeah. out, she had a lot of other trauma tied to some very severe, severe abuse. Use self-hypnosis for that too. Yeah. Fix that. It's powerful. That's just that's off great. the top of my head. I see heavy stuff all the time. Yeah. No, that's, that's some serious stuff though. And yeah. Five percent of people I cannot help. That probably affects me more. It's a small percentage, but that really sucks. You know, I guess Why? I accept it now, but. Yeah. You, so there's a small percentage that you can't About help. Why, why is it? Is it because they don't, they just won't do the work or, or, or they just, no, no. Um, half or... of them, half of them, I'm pretty sure about half of them I could help in time. Yeah. Um, I did a session for one, a, a relative of mine and the first two sessions couldn't help him because he's so emotionally set, shut down. Third session got through, helped him. Okay. So I'm talking first session, 5% little or no benefit for them. Okay. Um, the reason for that is um, a lot of people who have painful emotions just disconnect. And if you're disconnected from the emotion, you're disconnected from you. You can't feel the bad subconscious program. I guarantee you it's still messing you up. Trust me. You know, um, do you know who's disconnected from their emotions? Psychopaths and sociopaths. Now, sociopaths mm -hmm. feel anger full force, but all the other emotions are muted or they can't even feel them. Um, which is why they have no compassion or empathy because they disconnect from everything, like at least significantly, if not maybe completely, maybe not. But, um, and then psychopaths, you know, there's genetic component, but even psychopaths are not psychopaths without severe childhood abuse. So when stuff is so painful, um, one way to cope, you know, is stop feeling. And if they can't connect to their program by emotionally connecting to it, um, now, a lot of people come to me and they are somewhat disconnected and I can get them connected and then we clear it. But some people are so disconnected in one session, I can't get them connected. It's a very mm. small percentage, but um, there's that. But also I can't, um, hypnosis is not mind control. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief. I have had people where I say, say this out loud and I'm trying to get them to say something out loud to internalize it as a program. And there's one guy, he's like, no, I want to say this instead. Instead in the session, I'm like, all right, it's up to you, man. But um, some people have belief systems that they consciously don't want to let go of. They're like, no, it's this way. 
even if it doesn't serve them, maybe they don't realize or they just don't want to let it go. Yeah. Um, some people think I'm holding on to my anxiety or the shame or whatever because it protects me, you know, or it's just so familiar. But again, this is a small percentage, maybe one or two percent don't want to let go of something. And, um, you know, a few percentage, four percent, whatever, who are so shut down, they can't connect to their feelings. Even though I work with them to connect them to it. Yeah. yeah. Those okay. if I, and eventually I, I could probably help half of them, but not on the first session. Yeah. And they'll have, and they also sort of probably have to want to have that help. <laughs> well, yeah. And most, but you know, most of them, most people who come to me are ready and they want the help. And by the way, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not claiming I can do any of this for anyone. I'm just telling you what has happened just so you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, means, yeah. I cure myself. I'm not claiming I can do it for anyone else, but what I am is I'm a deep core self-belief coach. I get you to unconditionally believe in your massive ability and value. Let go of anything that doesn't serve you, whether it's lifelong rage, resentment towards your parents or bullies or whatever, get all that out of you, replace it with the best beliefs. And yeah, it's a massive change when that happens. And incidentally, a lot of, um, you know, stuff, does get let go of, but at not being a, since I'm not a licensed medical professional, I cannot, and I do not claim to cure any medical condition. Just FYI. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that, that we're, we live in a litigious society. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have a course available on teachable called subconscious optimization system or SOS. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I noticed when I was, when I was uh, watching one of your videos, your videos I'm are really marketing good. it, but I'll put no, a, no, no. So, so guys, guys, listen to this, right? So I'm like, I, I, I tell him, Hey, you know, I have this, uh, I have this, uh, law of attraction course. Right. And, and yeah. he's like, I was like, here, you, you know, check it out. And he, ch he checks out. He's like, Oh, by the way, by the way, check yeah. out my course. His course is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it's like yeah. perfect, like way professionally shot I it in a pro studio. I spent like 4,000 that I spent 4,000 in a freaking Mexican studio. That's like, 12,000 in the US, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like 9 hours so, of video at this point and then It's really good, guys. It's really good. It's got it's got how many 12 hours? Well, no, it's it's about 7 hours video, but then I um I filmed the webinar and that's on, so it's about 9 hours video, like actual lessons about 6 7 hours, about 7 hours of lessons plus and then, plus all those you know, 45 pages written stuff, 12 audios with instructions and then yeah. um, when you sign up you get a free webinar. And you can get more webinars if you like. And that's where it's a small group meeting with me. And I answer your questions, show you what to do. Yeah. So no, it's a, it's, it's really packed. It's really packed. Thank I didn't you. have a time. I didn't have time to go through all of it and it's really professionally done. So it, it's, it's really good. So I'm looking at this going, Oh man, I need to, I need to step up my, my course game. Dude, I gotta tell you though. I gotta tell you, there's this one video where there's this hair on the back of my head and no one told it just sticking up. And I watched that video and it just annoys. I bet you nobody notices it either. I bet you nobody notices hair it. sticking up. You know, it's like, come on, why didn't any of the video crew tell me? <laughs> I make I make uh, TikToks all the time, and sometimes my my beard is all like scraggly. And yeah, yeah. after I publish it, I'm like, oh my god, what? But no one ever says anything. So I, yeah, I think it's, it's exactly. all just in our own heads. But so you you mentioned, um, and I think this goes back to what you were saying, how like how uh, you know the, the the negative reinforcement doesn't work as well as as you know, the positive reinforcement. Well, I'll but, tell you what it does. Yeah. Negative reinforcement does have a purpose, but it's often misused. Mm. 
Negative reinforcement, your, our brain wants to avoid pain above all. Yeah. So if it's like, hey, if you rob a bank, you're going to jail, that's going to prevent you from robbing a bank. That's actually an effective deterrent. Mm -hmm. But if you if you have something to do and you do it wrong or you if you criticize yourself for doing it wrong or for not doing it, all that's going to do is increase the pain you feel, which is increases the internal resistance to doing that thing. Mm. So yeah. anything you want to do, if you feel bad about it, you forgive yourself and then you use the pursue pleasure, the dopamine as motivation, making yourself feel bad about something you need to do increases the resistance to doing it and actually makes it harder. So don't put yourself down about anything that you actually want to do. If you want to put yourself down because you, you keep robbing stores yeah. and you want to stop robbing stores, fine, insult yourself for that. But nothing okay. you want to do it. Give yourself okay. pleasure and motivation. Because I was straight up neuroscience. Yeah, you know, because because one of the things you said you you said that you'll you'll hear coaches talk about how bullying is good because it toughens you up or whatever. And it's I was like, terrible. I was like, I'm me. That's me. I'm coaches because I, I I'm totally pro bullying. That? But it's like it's like I I lost I lost a lot of weight. I was really heavy mm -hmm. set when I went through uh, went through my divorce. I was like 50 mm -hmm. pounds overweight. And I would look at myself in the mirror going, God, you're a fat piece of shit. You got to do something about this, you know? Yeah. And so that, that sort of self fat shaming, I sort of, you know, used as a catalyst to well, make myself go to the gym. Weight in the first place. Oh, I got, I, man, I got really uh, lazy in the relationship. I also ate a lot just cause I was, you know, I became sort of a food addict. You know? Why do you, just, why were you, so addict, that's a key word. Why were you a food addict? Um, well, one, I, I really love food, but also I would use that as I would eat out of boredom. I would eat mm -hmm. out of, uh, there you go. it was mo mostly out of boredom, but you know, like there was times I've talked about on the podcast too, where, you know, my, my ex, now ex-wife and I would be fighting and I'd be like, I got to get out of here and I'd leave yeah. and I'd get in my car and go. And there wasn't anywhere to go, you know, it's like midnight, but it, yeah. in San Diego, you can go and there's 24 hour Mexican food places. So I'd go and yeah. grab some food and sit in the parking lot and eat like a, you know, a burrito or something and just get fatter, you know? Yeah. So that was pretty Did it common. Make you feel better. Yeah. A little bit, you there know, you, you know, so, so yeah. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I, I really got into that habit and, you know, I just started just really loving food and, you know, mm -hmm. sort of uh, telling myself, Oh no, this is okay. This is okay. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm, 50 pounds overweight. I'm totally unattractive. And you know, it's like, of course my wife left, you know? Yeah. Um, do, do you think eating, do you think you were using that to help you feel better? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. So let me just, for our audience this is very instructive. By the way, I, I had a guy, I never did a session for him. He got my self hypnosis. He emails me out of the blue. He says, because of your self hypnosis, I lost 50 pounds and I quit porn. Mm. I mean, people just contact me out of the blue all the time. And it's like, damn you know it's really fulfilling that's why i quit my high paying full-time work from home self-employed yeah. job to do this full-time but here's the thing i said this earlier but i left a part out but just so you guys know i'm not making this up on the fly this is in my ebook we pursue pleasure above all avoid pain and we can use pleasure to cover pain that's mm. addiction right there. Well, that's part of addiction. The other part is if the addictive behavior makes you feel bad about yourself and then you re-engage in that to feel good and then the behavior makes you feel bad about yourself, re-engage, that's a full addictive cycle. Yeah, yeah. But 
if you're in a situation where you're feeling bad and people, they call it comfort food for a reason. Yeah. And comfort food is really fattening, but it's, uh, you know, our, 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 um, food industry has found out how to combine, combine fat, salt, and sugar and just the right amounts be as addictive as hell. And they do that intentionally. Yeah. Interestingly enough, man, I, um, I was about 10 pounds overweight and I, I moved to Mexico and just lost seven pounds, like within three weeks. Didn't even, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is normal food without all these preservatives in it, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. So we can engage in behavior like that. Just so now with, if you put, if you call yourself a fat, lazy F, <laughs> you know, fuck, can we say fuck? Oh all yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, please right. do. And we're at, we're past the eight minute mark. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> so if you call yourself a fat, lazy fuck, is that going to make you feel better or worse? That makes me feel worse, but but that negative uh, that that sort of motivates me because I don't want to feel that way, and so right. I, I I it motivates me to go to the gym and eat well, less. That's that's I can see that point of view. Do consider this, however. Yeah, we um we are motivated to pursue pleasure. Avoid pain above all that's strongest and use pleasure to cover pain. This is why people are alcoholics. They feel like they're in pain. They medicate, right? Yeah. I mean, cocaine, you, you know, all these hardcore addicts, they're not on their drug. They feel terrible. And you know, their life's a mess. It's out of control. And they feel horrible about that. You know, mm -hmm. Read the book, Healing the Shame that Binds You about this recovered alcoholic became a, you know, psychotherapist. He spells it all out in detail. It's a great book. It still sells 13,000 copies a year, even though it, came out in 1988 so you cause yourself pain and your brain is like pain sucks i need to avoid it geez what can i do well you can shut down your feelings or you can find some pleasure to cover the pain such as eat food now may, that might not be a loop for you mm -hmm. but for many people trying to lose weight they will enter that loop they will shame yeah. themselves for being fat and then your brain needs to, I need to get rid of this pain. I need to medicate. And that's yeah. a, that can be the medicine of choice to cover that up. Or they drink alcohol or whatever. So in the long run, it's not productive. Now, in my ebook, uh, you know, see right here, Interma I hope you don't mind me plugging it, internationally.com forward slash free dash ebook. Actually, I think um, it, it's, it's free. Right Just yeah. go there, put in your email. email. You'll get it for free. Um, I talk about you know, the addictive cycle, but I also talk about there's three motivational archetypes. And one of them is people pursue success to avoid pain. Mm. And um, this is what we call dirty fuel. Now I'll give you three very, very notable examples of this because this um, for 80% of people, toxic shame is just going to make you, it's going to get in the way and actually make it harder for you to accomplish your goals for 20% it actually propels them forward. These people have a belief that I'm not good enough. I'm a piece of crap. I'm lazy, whatever. But they also believe they can get what they want. And so you will have people come out of traumatized childhoods. Case in point, got three right here. Kurt, Co Kurt Cobain, lead singer of Nirvana. Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Robin Williams. There's an HBO, on HBO Max, streaming special come inside my mind about Robin Williams. I think it's still on there. I'm not 100% sure. Talk Goes over his childhood in, in detail. Watch the Netflix show about Marilyn. I mean... This, this has all been picked apart and hyper-analyzed, you know, already. And um, what happens is these people are like, because they're child, I feel worthless. I feel like a piece of crap. I'm terrible. I'm lovable. No one loves me. But if I become famous, if I become successful, if I become rich, then I'll be good enough. And so 
they feel like crap right now, just like all the time. And then they, but you know what? I believe I can get this. And so they mm. go for it. Marilyn Monroe, you know, she hit the hypergamous jackpot, married Joe DiMaggio, a baseball legend, and then a mistress to a freaking president of the United States. All these acting roles, one of the most beautiful women in the world, millions of dollars, self-deletes. Just mm-hmm. struggled with depression her entire life, felt terrible because she hardly knew her dad, if at all. Her mom was schizophrenic, couldn't ha- couldn't raise her, so abandoned her into an orphanage and Marilyn Monroe was raised in an orphanage where she would cry and cry for hours and no one would come. And so she had this subconscious feeling belief set in set. It could have been fixed. I could have fixed her, you know, 95% chance set in stone. No one wants me. No one loves me. Cause I cry and cry for hours. A kid, no one comes that haunted her. That belief was in her the rest of her life. She got all this fame, wealth, love, everything still felt worthless and unwanted and unloved and in the end self-deleted you know kurt cobain felt his music was never good enough he felt he was constantly letting his fans down really and everyone everyone loved them everyone loved them all the outside positive stuff in the world and he wrote a song he wrote a song i hate myself and want to die and then what did he do he suck started a shotgun yeah robin williams (laughs) Robin Williams, his mom, here's here's how our subconscious works. This is crazy about Robin Williams. Listen up, guys. Um, You watch the HBO special come inside my mind and talks about this in detail. Robin Williams' mom ignored him. The only time his dad gave him any attention is they watched The Tonight Show together. Comedians would come out. They'd laugh at the stand-up comedians. And then Robin's like, this is the only bonding I get with my dad as we wa- we laugh while watching The Tonight Show. I know. That's how I can get some validation love, make people laugh. Then what did he do, right? One of the greatest comedians of all time. Their house was in a – it was kind of, you know, in a rural area, so no kids close by to play with. So his parents ignore him, no kids close by. Played with his toy soldiers or whatever in his room alone, entertained himself. And, um, however, they had a maid mm-hmm. and his maid raised him instead of the mom. That's his mother figure growing up is his maid who raised him instead of the mom. Mom and dad ignored him mostly or completely. Now he's an adult. He's a star of Mork and, Mork and Mindy. The show in the seventies became a big hit. He's a star. He's starting to make millions of dollars. He buys a nice big house. He can afford a maid. Now he, Hires a maid. Within a couple of years, he divorces his wife, marries his maid. Mm. Because his maid was his mother figure. That was his source of love growing up. And mm. subconscious, like, this is a match. The maid equals love. Divorces his wife, married the maid. Maid, nanny, I'm not sure it's one of those two, but the house help. Yeah. And our subconscious mind is a pattern recognition machine. You get this belief as a kid, like Marilyn? No one comes to me while I'm crying for hours in the crib in this orphanage. That means I'm we people draw conclusions. They form beliefs. This thing happens. What does it mean? Why is no one coming to my crib when I'm crying for hours? Marilyn Monroe. Well, she obviously drew the conclusion. I'm unwanted and unloved. She actually said um, everyone must love me or I belong to everyone because I belong to no one. She said that before. So everyone must love me because no one truly loves me. So mm. she's going, trying to get all this attention. And it's not changing what's in their core. That is subconscious trauma. It gets stuck there and it'll stay with you the day until the day you die unless you fix it. And it mm. can be fixed. 
And um, so they, so pain can be motivation for success. If you tell yourself I can get it and then it'll solve my pain, but it never solves the pain. It's just, it's chasing a mirage. You get the success and you still feel terrible. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I've yeah, had people, I've had people make hundreds of thousands of dollars in a few months come to me. They're like, I'm miserable. Even though I made, you know, 700 grand in four months, we fix their core and then they're happy. Mm -hmm. Man, this, this has yeah. been a very fascinating conversation. Uh, we have your, your website up on, on, uh, on the screen here, but, um, so you have intermasculine.com. If you go to slash free ebook, you can get his ebook, which is really good. It's chock full of lots YouTube of stuff. Yeah. You could also go to the YouTube channel, intermasculine, um, anywhere else that uh, people could find you. Um, I just started school community, but it's, it's so, 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 so new. I don't even know the address off my top, top of my head. Um, I would say, um, intermasculine.com or type in intermasculine on the search for YouTube. You can click to you. There's YouTube videos on my website. So click on the video, click the YouTube. It'll take you right there. And I do have a show twice a week. I have 19 testimonials, client interviews where I change their life. And that's, that's on there. And honestly, I've done it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. A few people are willing to share, share per, personal details to help others because it's helped them so much. So there's that. There's a live show. We go over all sorts of topics as it applies to inner game. Um, I have a show with, um, you know, usually three, four other uh, hypnotists who I've trained uh, every Saturday. A show with Teresa Kuhn, who's inner feminine. She's a very successful um, attorney, businesswoman, um, and she's red pill for the most part. And um, that's every Friday. And so we're just dropping truth bombs and changing the world, doing our best too. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll give you the rest of your evening back and, you, um, and then I'll make sure to link to all this stuff uh, in the description. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on your show. It's been great. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. Ryan, thanks again for joining me, man. It was such a, a pleasure talking to you and finally getting to meet you in person. I know this was a long time coming because I, I know uh, uh, Laurent introduced us months ago. And uh, you've just been so busy with other things that uh, I, I was I was thinking at first that it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. But uh, now you pop back up and you're like, hey, man, things are settling down. Let's do this. So um, I appreciate it. This is a fun episode. Uh, I, I I guys definitely check out what what Ryan um, has going on. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, uh, we talk about it a little bit in this episode, but what I'm trying to do with my practical law of attraction course, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff, right? And I just want to help other men. That's all I want. So if uh, you don't think that the, the practical law of attraction course isn't a right fit for you and you want to try Ryan's methods, please do. Ryan's a very knowledgeable guy. He's been doing this for a long time. He's been helping lots of guys out. So I just want whatever uh, helps you get you where you need to be, right? All right, cool. All right, uh, that's pretty much all I have this episode. If you guys haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. <clears throat> Drop a comment if you haven't done so already. Any comment will do. Um, thank you for, if you guys were chatting around during the during the live, the quote live, um, I appreciate that. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. If any of you guys sent super chats today, 
Um, if you guys haven't, there's still some time. Uh, but if you guys have, uh, I'll be sure to screenshot that and share that on social media. Get on the email list. I will give you a, a free PDF that you can download right away with 20 dating app openers to help you get that conversation started. Uh, a lot of the reason why women, uh, you know, don't reply to your messages is because your messages suck, right? Like women have uh, have tons of options. They're trying to filter them all out. And, you know, if you want to get to the top of the heap, you got to be kind of clever sometimes. So I'll help you out with that. And then on top of that, as a bonus, I'll also mail you these stickers. And if you like those designs, they're available in my merch store at merch.comeonmanpod.com. Uh, you know, all the all these links are in the description for this stuff. But uh, I got t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, all that kind of stuff. All the fun stuff in there. Check out the Practical Law of Attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. Get on the beer club. The next meetup is September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. <clears throat> I have a guy that's in the beer club. He's uh, He lives in London. So if you guys are international, uh, you you might not want to join the beer club. You know what I mean? You'll have access to the Telegram group and, and you're more than welcome in there. But the, the actual monthly meetups, they're not at a conducive time for certain people. I, like a London time, that's like, let's see, what we got 7 p.m. Eastern is 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So it's like midnight. <laughs> it's like midnight London time. You know what I mean? If you're up that late, cool. Then, you know, by all means, join join the beer club and, and, and join us for, for the monthly hangouts. Eventually, if this gets really popular, I will start having international times. But I think there's only, uh, I think there's about, I don't know, 15, 20 guys in the group right now. So right now they're all in America. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense to, to have international times for that. But, you know, if you, more of you guys start popping in, we'll have to do it. We'll have to do it, right? All right. Uh, coaching's available. I have uh, two tiers available for coaching. Gumroad.comeonmanpod.com. And if you want to sponsor, just if you just have one question that could be answered in a video, you can sponsor a video there as well. That's all I have for this episode. Be sure to tune in on Wednesday for the live stream. I don't know what's going to be on yet, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Other than that, we'll catch you guys later. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.